0: Have an outline? You're good? Let's go and let's pray and let's let's dive into God's word, okay? Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for your Son and for sending your Son to this earth to save us, to be the light, and Father Lord, to give us life. And we're so ever grateful for that. And we celebrate today his birth. We love you. We thank you. Speak to our hearts as we open up your word. Father, I decrease that you would increase. I empty myself of myself, so fill me with yourself. That everything that I say and do, every thought that interests my mind, would be of you and not of me. Praise in Jesus' name. All God's people said, Amen. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible app with you, turn to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 is today's text. We're going to take a break from our series in 2 Corinthians. Uh, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10 is the text. Um, we're going to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? Now, now, just to, I want to just to give you like a quick joke here, okay? Because I want you to laugh, okay? So, question: How was Christmas exactly like? How is Christmas exactly like your job? Think about that. How is Christmas exactly like your job? Want the answer? Okay, you do all the work, and some fat guy in the suit gets all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought I'd make you guys laugh this morning. Amen. The title of my message today is, Why Did Jesus Come? Everyone say that. Now, I would say that during this time of the year, there's no more pressing question than, than why did Jesus come, right? Why did Jesus come? Why did he come to the earth? And the world wants to know that. The world around us, our culture wants to know this. Why did he come to earth, and and what difference does it make? Now, it wouldn't surprise us to know that there have been many answers given to that question, and some people say that he came to give us an example of God's love. Others say that he came to be the perfect man. Others say that he came to establish a, a new religion, and some say that he was a philosopher, and some scholars say that he was a reformist rabbi, a reformist rabbi who wanted to start a movement to purify Israel. Well, let's see what Jesus said about why he came to this earth. Okay, you guys ready for that? My message is going to be brief to the point short today, uh, why he came to this earth. Now, we're not going to get into the outline until verse 10. So I want you to stay with me, okay? We're not going to get into the outline until verse 10. So let's look at the text, verses 1 and 2. If you're with me, say amen. Okay, verses 1 and 2, it says, Jesus entered Jericho. Who did Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through, verse 2. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a a, a chief tax collector and was wealthy. Get that? Was wealthy. A chief tax collector and was wealthy. So this guy, Zacchaeus, was a man of some prominence. We we gather that in the text, of of some prominence. His, His name in Hebrew, by the way, his name in Hebrew means pure and righteous. Say that pure, righteous, but, but we know that he wasn't anywhere close to being pure and righteous because of the job that he had. He was a chief, right, a tax collector, not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. He worked for Rome, therefore he was considered a traitor by the Jewish people. And, and the fact that he worked for the Roman IRS indicated to others that he was more interested in money than anything else. Now, he was more than just... An IRS agent, as I said, he was a chief tax collector, which meant, listen now, which meant that he was in charge of all the agents and was able to take a cut of commission from those who collected taxes for him. So follow me here. So, so, so if Rome charged a 5% tax, if they charged a 5% tax, then Zacchaeus may have collected 10% from the people. Are you guys with me? So, so he's Zacchaeus. He, he was not well liked by the people. In fact, friends, in, in the minds of people, tax collectors in those days, even today, sometimes, right? Okay, in the minds of people, tax collectors were often linked with murderers and robbers. He, he, you know, he was that was the way that was his M O. They saw him as that. Let's look at verse three. He wanted to see who Jesus was. Say that who Jesus was. Now I want to stop there and, and I want to point out the imperfect tense pictures uh, his continual effort say that continual effort to see who Jesus was okay not just to see Jesus but to see who Jesus was he wanted to see what was what 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 uh, what, what Jesus what what made Jesus different from anyone else He wanted to see that, and perhaps Zacchaeus had heard about how Jesus had healed the blind man on the outskirts of Jericho. So it says he wanted to see who Jesus was, let's read on, but being a short man, today we would say, people would say vertically challenged, right? You don't want to offend anybody, vertically challenged. He could not because of the crowd. So he wanted to see Jesus, but being short, he could not because of the crowd. Now notice Zacchaeus, follow me now, Zacchaeus was morally lost. He was morally lost. He was sinful, right? He also was intellectually lost. Intellectually, intellectually lost. He he didn't know who Jesus was. He also was socially lost. He was of the despised class being of a a tax collector. So, So Zacchaeus, we can say that he was short on integrity and tall on sin. Are you guys with me? Look at verse 4, so he, he ran ahead and climbed a what? A sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. So Zacchaeus didn't, didn't let anything, and I love this about him, even though he was a tax collector and he was a sinful man, he didn't let anything get in his way. He didn't allow anything, not the crowd, not his, his reputation, not his wealth, not even his little man condition to stand between him and his desire to see Jesus. Now that being said, question, and and this question, it's for those of you who have not yet surrendered your life over to Jesus Christ. And the question is this, do you care enough about your condition or the condition of your soul to pay whatever price is necessary to be right with God? Let me ask you this, are you willing to turn from your sin? Are you ready to walk away from from the crowd in order to see Jesus? Let me ask you this. Are are you ready to to run to Jesus? Great question, right? Let's move on. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. Now now notice, although Jesus was surrounded by a great crowd of people, we know that that's, that's the text, he took time for individuals. That's Jesus. He took time for people, right? And in the midst of the crowd, Jesus stopped, looked up, and saw a man up a tree, right? And he he even called him by name. Not just saw him, but he called him by name. Jesus knows your name. Amen? Also notice that while Zacchaeus may have been searching for Jesus, it was Jesus who was seeking Zacchaeus. Don't forget that. Here's the lesson. Are you ready for the lesson? Jesus always makes the first move. Write that down. Jesus always makes the first move. Someone say amen. Now, for the past two Sundays, the past two Sundays, we had three salvations. It was amazing when we seen these individuals come forward to say, I want Jesus Christ to come into my life, to be my personal Lord and Savior. We had Rachel, we had Alex, and we also had Grace. But when those individuals came forward, guess what? It was God calling them to himself. God was seeking them. And God moved around their life in the midst of them to draw them to himself because Jesus always makes the first move. Amen? I want you to look at the text again, too, because I want to point out something. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. Why? Why? Because there's always a sense of urgency about following Jesus. There's always, always a sense of urgency about following Jesus. I want you to write this down. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. Paul writes, today, say today. Come on, say it with enthusiasm, today is a day of salvation. Today. Got it? So there's always a sense of urgency in following Jesus. And he says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately now. I also want to point out, look at the text, Jesus says, I must stay at your house. Today. Did you get that? By the way, this is the only time in the four Gospels where we see Jesus inviting himself, inviting himself to someone's home. Only time in the four Gospels. And you see, this is a picture of what Jesus' ministry is all about. This is Jesus, friends, right? He came to save sinners from their sin. That's Jesus. Verse 6. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. Zacchaeus got 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 way way more, right? Way more than he asked for. He just wanted to see who Jesus was. That was his intention. I just want to see who this guy is. He just wanted to get closer, a closer look uh, at Jesus. But now Jesus (laughs) was coming over to his house. Isn't that something? To his house. And Zacchaeus was filled with joy, right? Now, notice in contrast to Zacchaeus' joy, look at verse 7. All the people saw this and began to what? To mutter. It could even be referring to the disciples, saying, Jesus, what are you doing with this guy? You know, he's a tax collector. He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. So they were complaining and finding fault with what Jesus was going to do. And they couldn't understand why Jesus would even give this guy the time of the day. How many times have we said that? And We've seen some sinner and they come to Jesus and we say, how in the world did, why is Jesus saving them? Right? And we mutter about things. But that's Jesus. Jesus came to save sinners. Can I get an amen? Look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, say, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Now, I would think, I think it's safe to say that Zacchaeus was converted right here. This is his conversion right here. Okay, he knew he was a sinner. And had had come to the Savior for salvation. So his conversion is clear because what? Of a life change that you see right there. Got it? Listen to Jesus' testimony of Zacchaeus as being a saved man. Look at verse 9. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house. If you got it, say got it. Because this man is a son of Abraham. So since Zacchaeus was so hated by his fellow Jews, they probably said that he wasn't a real Jew. So Jesus, listen now, wanted everyone to know that Zacchaeus really was a son of Abraham. Are you guys with me? Both by genetics and by faith. Got it? By faith because he, he really joyfully received Christ into his life. Got it? So Zacchaeus is a changed man. He's a changed man. His life had been built, listen now, on money, his goals, his purposes. His very identity as a person was built on the importance to him of wealth and material success. That's all it meant to him. Okay? He was all about money and success. The core of his personality, the values that had given him direction in life, had suddenly shifted. Something had changed now that he had met Jesus, right? Something that changed. So now instead of money being more important than people, people became more important than money. Honesty, say honesty, became more important than gain. So Zacchaeus had become a different, new, saved man. He's changed. You see, as part of his his repentance, Zacchaeus wants to right his wrongs. He wants to right his wrongs. Follow me here. Biblical, get this now, biblical repentance always goes hand in hand with restitution because conversion is a radical life-changing event. You guys ready for the lesson? Here's a lesson. Here's a lesson. You're changed, you're changed when Jesus touches your life. Say that. You're changed when Jesus touches your life. Listen, if if, if, if you've never changed Okay, if you've never changed, you say, well, you know, Jesus touched my life. But if you never changed after that, friends, okay, it may be because you haven't truly been saved. If you are truly saved, there's a change in your life. There's, there's, there's not only a, 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 there's a, there's a transformation, not just a transaction, but a transformation in your life. People will know that you're changed, right? So this man is changed. Got it? Now let's get into the outline. Are you ready? Say yes. Three points. Three points. And as we look at verse 10, the whole gospel, say gospel, is in this simple sentence. Three points from this verse. Okay? Again, if you're ready, say yes. Number one is the historical fact. Say that. The historical fact. And we're going to look at verse 10a, the first part of verse 10. It says, for the Son of Man came. Got it? The Son of Man came. In other words, the Almighty, say Almighty, has entered the world. The infinite has become finite. God, are you guys with me? Yes. The eternal has invaded time. And this is called the incarnation, which means God in human flesh, right? Now, what his birth differs from every other birth. From my birth, from your birth, from every other birth, is that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of a virgin, and that he voluntarily came. Got it? He voluntarily came in obedience to the Father's will, which cannot be said of you and me. He voluntarily came. Got it? Follow me here now. You and I were born, right? But we had no choice in the matter. You, you had no choice. That's just the way it is. I was born on October 8th, 1962, in Phoenix, Arizona, to Albert and Ramona Perez, and I had no say in that matter. I am here by the choices made by my parents. Got it? But Jesus, say Jesus, came according to the plan of God. Got it? Prove it. I will. Galatians 4, 4. Write that down. Galatians chapter 4, verse 4. And Paul writes, but when the set time had fully come, are you guys with me? It was the right time. God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law. Every single detail was accurately and systematically planned in the courts of heaven. Got it? Nothing happened by chance, right? That day, the timing Was perfect. Got it? And he came voluntarily. You see, Jesus came from light into the darkness, from splendor into squalor, from purity into a world of sin. But he still came. Didn't have to, didn't have to, but he still came. Listen, not just any man has come, the Son of Man. The Son of Man has come. Not an angel or not some sort of extraterrestrial being. Jesus has come. And you see, friends, the term Son of Man, say Son of Man, what that does, it emphasizes Jesus' humanity. God himself entered the human race in the form of a baby. Got it? He's a Son of Man because he was first the Son of God. Now, what I want you to do right now is I want you to turn to John, the Gospel of John. Would you turn to that? Chapter 1, verse 14. Do that. John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14. Come on, turn to that if you can. John chapter 1 verse 14. John 1, 14, and I want you to follow me here, okay? If you're there, say amen. Make sure you keep your finger back in Luke 19, okay? John 1, 14. The word, say the word. Who's the word? Jesus, speaking of his deity, became flesh. Speaking of his humanity, incarnate, and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So so what I want to do, stay right there, I want to exposit this. Okay, I want to break it down. If, if you're ready, say yes. Three things, write it down real quick. Three things. First of all, notice the miracle of his incarnation. Write that down. The miracle of his incarnation. Let's go back to uh, the text, uh, John chapter 1, verse 14. Verse 14, the word became what? Okay, so this became possible through, through, through what? Through the virgin birth, Right? and that's in Matthew chapter 1 verses 18 through 25 and also Luke chapter 1 26 to 38 so this became possible the word became flesh possible through the virgin birth listen god had come to earth the miracle this is the miracle say miracle the word became flesh is that a miracle yeah and while jesus himself had existed from all eternities past he always existed right He took up up on Himself a robe of flesh in Bethlehem. In other words, the Creator was born to the creature. Got it? The Creator was born to the creature. So this is the miracle of His incarnation. The second thing I want you to notice is the manner of His incarnation. The manner of His incarnation. So it says, the Word became flesh, let's read on, and made His dwelling, say dwelling, among us. This means to pitch a tabernacle or to live in a tent. Got it? In other words, what it means is he tabernacled among us. Got it? He, he tabernacled among us. You see, there in Bethlehem, God stepped out of eternity and onto the stage of human history. And he came a tangible proof of the existence of God and of God's willingness to save mankind. Now, I want you to follow me here. In his human nature, he was subject to hunger. In his human nature, he was subject to thirst, to weakness, to tiredness, to temptation and death, but he was still without sin. Got it? And you see, he never ceased to be God. He was always God. Got it? He never ceased to be God, but rather chose to veil his glory in a body of flesh. He didn't lay lay aside his deity. Rather, he added complete humanity to his eternal deity. Got it? So we saw the miracle of his incarnation, the manner of his incarnation. Write this down. Notice the majesty of his incarnation. Say that the majesty of his incarnation. Okay, we, it says, well, let's read the whole text together. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his, what? Glory, I want to stop there. We have seen his glory. Jesus revealed God's glory in his person, in his works, and in his words. Got it? In his person, his works, and his words. John records, John records the Gospel of John, he records seven miracles that declare the glory of God. So he, excuse me, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of what? Come on, say it. Full of grace and truth. You see, the glory of the old covenant was a fading glory. Got it? A fading glory, but the glory of the new covenant in Jesus Christ is an increasing glory. Now, we know this, right? The law, the law could The law could reveal sin. That's what it did. It revealed sin, but it could not remove sin. Got it? The law, right? Got it? The law could reveal sin, but the law could not remove sin. This is why Jesus came full of grace and full of truth. He's the only one who could remove sin. If you got it, say got it. Now, if you're saved, say amen. At the heart of our faith is this certain truth. Listen, God has come down to us. Got it? To us in the person of Jesus Christ. Now we know what God is like for Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, has made Him, God, plain to us. Got it? So here's the lesson. You ready for the lesson? In Jesus, we see God. If you believe that, say amen. In Jesus, say that, we see God. In Jesus, listen now, friends, we see God's love, we see God's mercy, we see God's grace, we see God's kindness, we see God's justice, we see God's holiness, we see God's long-suffering. You want to know what God is like? Look at Jesus. You want to know what God is like? Study the life of Jesus. Are you guys with me? Look at Jesus. The historical fact number two is the significant mission. Say that. The significant mission. Look at verse 10b. He says to seek and to save. Right? To seek and to save. And this verse is illustrated in the experience. This this verse is illustrated in the experience of Zacchaeus. So Jesus came to him, right? He sought him. And he sought Zacchaeus. And he, what, saved Zacchaeus. You see, Jesus came looking for someone. So I want you to follow me here. Jesus is like, and stay with me now, Jesus is like the woman in Luke 15.10, Luke 15.10, who lost a coin, you know the story, right, and searched her house until she found it. He's like the man in Luke chapter 15, verse 4, in Luke 15, verse 4, who lost one sheep and went out into the open country to find it. He's like the father in Luke chapter 15, 11 to 32, who welcomed who welcomed his prodigal son home again. Got it? Say Jesus. Jesus came seeking, listen now, those caught in adultery. He came seeking the blind beggars. He came seeking the lepers. He came seeking wild men living in the The tombs. He even came seeking the self-righteous Pharisees who thought they didn't need him. He came seeking fishermen. Jesus came seeking politicians, radicals. Are you guys with me? Physicians, tax collectors, rich folk, poor folk that no one else would touch. And he sought the prostitutes. And he sought the drunkards because he wanted to save them. That's Jesus. And when he was dying, he came seeking one hanging on a cross beside him. Right? Because that's Jesus' heart. Ezekiel 34, 16a. Write that down, Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 16a. It says, I will search for the lost. And bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. Jesus came, get this now, as a seeking Savior. As a seeking Savior. The historical fact, the significant mission, number three, is the perfect description. The perfect description. And he gives a perfect description of the state of humanity. He describes the state of mankind. Verse 10, see, what was lost? Say lost. If you're saved, say amen. Man, if you, if you search the pages of the Bible, friends, from cover to cover, read everything, listen now, from Adam's sin in Genesis to the final, final great battle in Revelation, and then watch the daily news and pick up the newspaper, Look at your Google News, whatever it is, on your phone, right, friends? And see and tell me, if you don't agree with Jesus, that mankind is lost. Mankind is lost, right? Mankind is lost. Isaiah three six. write it down. In Isaiah 53.6, three 6, 53, six reminds us that we have all strayed like sheep. Every one of us has turned to go his way. Or her own way. Listen, friends, we all by nature, by nature, say by nature, go our own way, don't we? Okay, by nature, we don't want Jesus. By nature, we go our own way. No one has to teach us, right? No one has to teach us to run from God. Right? No one does. We were born running. (laughs) The moment you were born, you were born running from God. Are you with me? Because what, what? We all want to do our own thing. I want to do my own thing. I don't need God. I want to live my own life. I want to do my own thing, okay? We all go our own way. And guess what, friends? We are lost until someone comes from heaven seeking us out. Say, thank God for Jesus. You see, there's an important principle for you and I to consider here. if Jesus, if Jesus didn't come to us, okay, we would never come to him. Are you with me? We were lost until Jesus found us. So theologically, okay, you didn't find Jesus. He found you. Are you guys with me? He drew you to himself. He was seeking you out. Listen, lost without Jesus means to be lost without hope. It means lost in a tangled web of sin and trapped forever. That's what it means to be lost. Now, if you reject Jesus, if you, if you reject him, you will be condemned forever. The Bible says that. Okay, It's separation from Jesus for all of eternity. So what then? So what then? What is our hope? And think about this. What is our hope if we are so hopelessly lost? Huh? Well, the answer is in the words of Jesus, who came to seek and to save what was You guys getting it? He didn't come as a tourist or as a casual visitor or as an educator or a traveling philosopher. He came as a savior seeking to save the lost. That's why he came. Amen? If you're saved, say amen. That's why he came, to save you. And he has a heart for the lost. And he saw this short man on the tree. He said, come down right now because I have a divine appointment with you. And he changed that man's life. Are you guys with me? So as we wrap this up, if if, if you qualify as lost, (laughs) if you qualify as lost, then you're an excellent candidate. Are you guys with me for salvation? If you're a sinner... Guess what? Christ came seeking you. That's his heart. You see, what I love about Jesus is Jesus, he's still on a search and save mission. That's what he's all about. He's seeking out people who need to be saved. Yeah? And guess what, friends? And when you come to Jesus, you will find that he has already come for you. Amen? let all stand. Father, we thank you, Lord, this morning. A short, brief word, but Lord, hopefully it impacted and touched our lives.